Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Abide Forever. My name is Dr. Ebony Robinson. I welcome you guys back into this broadcast. We are continuing on with 52 weeks of healing and deliverance. And just as you've seen in our last two broadcasts, I have with me again today our co-host, Pastor Robert Rogers. My name is Sophie Rogers. And so we their time and we thank them for being with us today um we're going to continue on with our discussion on this path toward healing for our children and adolescents which is um acutely important um in their lives right now you know there's a lot of pain um there's a lot of uh abuse a lot of uh, mental and emotional trauma and so tonight you know we're going to just discuss the whole man okay we're looking at holistic healing that is healing for the body from physical abuse healing for the soul which is mental and emotional abuse and then healing for your spirit uh which comes by way uh from our lord and savior jesus christ and so we want to look at the the sum total of our children and continue this discussion tonight with our co-host um and then just kind of a, allow them to speak into us uh speak over the airwaves speak over the social media tonight um and just just be a just to encourage us and to point us to the light you know to point us to the light and to show us the path that we should be on uh as parents as teachers as spiritual leaders as you know those who have impact and influence in the lives of young people amen so i'm going to open this space up with prayer and then we're going to get right into our discussion tonight let us pray father god in the name of jesus lord i thank you for this hour father god i thank you for 52 weeks of healing and deliverance lord jesus i thank you father god for the perfecting of your people lord jesus and what you're doing uh in the cleansing of our minds and in the cleansing and washing of our hearts father god um as you speak to us tonight and not only tonight but even in previous nights and future nights father god we just thank you in advance lord for the healing lord that you're bringing forth uh, to your people, Father God. I just ask that you would just bless us in this hour, Father God. Let us leave no stone unturned, Father, as it relates to the the healing of our mind, body, and spirit, Father God. And I just ask, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, that you would just speak through Robert, that you'll just speak through Sophie tonight, Father God, and uh, just lead them by your spirit, Father, so that we will know and take away the things that we need to take away tonight, Lord God. And, and may these words and may the message tonight uh, reach the people, Father God, those that you have intended, hallelujah, for these words of hope and these words of healing to reach tonight, Father God. I just thank you, Lord Jesus. I praise you tonight. I love you tonight, Lord God. And we just thank you for the wonderful things that you have done in our lives and all that you continue to do, Father. And it is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. amen. Hallelujah. So healing and deliverance for our youth. As I stated earlier, we're starting, we're looking tonight from a holistic perspective. And we know that, you know, we are human beings. And as human beings, I have a body. I have a soul that is 
the, my soul in uh, the realm of my mind and my emotions, right? And then I also have my spirit man or my spirit woman. <laughs> right, right. Yes. So I am what I would call a triune being. I am multifaceted. And I believe that, you know, as we um, look at healing, we have to look at it from every aspect of the creature, every aspect of humanity. All right. And so we're going to start our discussion tonight off looking at physical abuse right physical abuse and we're talking about any act that leads to injury okay physical injury to a child or adolescent all right and so i want to um start this discussion off um and, and sophie robert whichever one of you want to lean in first on this <clears throat> tell us if you will tonight you know um they say that most instances of physical abuse happen in home with people that the victim knows mm -hmm. all right this is this is what they say most instances of abuse take place with people that you know and so you know when we send our children out to school we don't expect well when, when they go other places there we would think that there will be signs right mm -hmm. for, for certain behaviors that could indicate that abuse is going on in the home but sometimes people don't know what they're looking for or what they're looking at right so if right. you will tonight um lean in with this discussion by telling us what are some of the indicators of physical abuse to children or adolescents um you mentioned that there's some kind of injury that is imposed on a kid or a child. And um, physical abuse doesn't necessarily have to leave an injury. Um, I don't think that it just um, identify one particular area, whereas it needs to be uh, an injury or a bruise um, on that person. There's a lot of victims out here, especially children, that may mm -hmm. have that that are physically abused daily mm -hmm. and not necessarily have bruises or injuries mm -hmm. on them um you you mm -hmm. find a child that uh often that may become aggressive in the school setting um and it's because what they're getting what they're mimicking uh from home they're bringing mm -hmm. it to school so mm -hmm. it's okay to um for um, a guy or a male to slap a female. That's what they're seeing. So not only that they're seeing it with themselves being abused or physically abused, but they're seeing it with the parents, with the adults. Mm -hmm. And that's um, <clears throat> that's tragic within itself. Um, you know, with the state department of human services and the department of resources depending on what your state uh name is when we're talking about child welfare uh, <clears throat> the uh, child abuse and neglect division and they often say you know it's okay to um to spank your child mm -hmm. just don't leave any bruises however and that's when I was working among the, the department because I did work with them and did investigations as well. Um, mm -hmm. 
it, it becomes a, a um, an issue when children mm-hmm. now you try to discipline your child by uh, by means of spankings or whoopings mm-hmm. or things such as that. And then, what am I trying to go with this? Um, it becomes an issue, I guess, when kids can mm-hmm. use the department against the parent from discipline that child. Whereas they constantly threaten, I'm going to call 911 or I'm going to call DHR or I'm going to call DHS. So now parents are feel like their hands are tied because mm-hmm. they came out and spanked their kids. And it's a way how you spank your child. Um, right. They they often say the state says that you know you have the right to spank your child and discipline your child. Just um, don't be reckless with it. Okay. Okay. Reckless so, physical abuse. Mm-hmm. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. So, so what is that fine line there? And it's not even a fine line. I think it's a very big line between discipline in a child and then abuse. Right. So, what is what is that differentiator? Yeah. I mean, the bruises. When you yeah. do see a child come in with the bruises. Um, <coughs> And, and, and that's pretty, when, when you see a bruise, and a lot of times accidents happen um, because it depends on the child um, that's constantly running around. And I say, you know, you have to um, have a child in a position. If you're trying to do some kind of um, discipline, of, of, of um, physical discipline, um, you just have to be careful with the child that you, um, you're dealing with with your children. Uh, when mm-hmm. kids come into the house, into the schools, and they have visible bruises on him, then um, as as right as a mandated reporter, I have to report it because I don't know what happened other than you asking a child, and they're fearful fearful to say anything um, mm-hmm. about what's actually going on at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you're talking about physical abuse. In the mm-hmm. nature itself, um, there's a fine line between uh, discipline, mm-hmm. training, versus you know actual whipping. You know, and each child is uniquely different, mm-hmm. and then parents, their parents have different parenting styles as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think about when I, as, uh, Sophie was sharing, I, I think about the whoopings I got. You know. Uh, would probably today be classified as abuse. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it left whips on my arms or on my legs or whatnot. A lot of that because I was jumping around running and right. trying to avoid getting hit. <laughs> um, where because there has been so much um, reports of abuse, found and known abuse, uh, state representatives or advocates are obligated to go investigate to make sure to check on the welfare of the kids. So ultimately, the, the goal is to to make sure that the child is coming up in a healthy um, uh, parenting environment uh, where the parent is administering discipline. And, and so uh, some of that comes with uh, teaching and learning as well, too. You know, uh, uh, being able to get the resource, going back to what we were talking about initially, uh, getting the resources to, to kind of educate alternative ways and discipline our kids. 
mm-hmm. versus going straight to say um, actual yeah. punishment as far as a belt or, or switch or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other uh, opportunities or different ways to actually um, administer discipline to our kids. And so mm-hmm. uh, one thing about it, you know, and I, I've learned is that you never discipline a child when you're in the moment when you're heated and angry. And angry. Because mm-hmm. we're emotional beings as well. And you're talking about the triune being, being body, spirit, and and, and uh, soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, the soulless realm can enter in a place where you're not thinking clearly as a parent. Mm-hmm. And and you end up doing something, you know, that can cause you to lose the custody of your children because you, you acted in a moment of haste, you know, the same way it is if, you know, we find ourselves in a place where uh, where a man may hit his wife or vice versa, mm-hmm. or his husband, um, and their actions um, were because of a result of uncontrollable passion or emotion that mm-hmm. caused them to do certain things. And the same thing goes for our children. You know, we have to really be careful in our approach when it comes to discipline. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't cross those lines of, of physical abuse, mm-hmm. uh, and, and and that's kind of huge as well when you talk about physical abuse. But I know that you, you mentioned emotional abuse as well too, so mm-hmm. we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, 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 right. So yeah, and and, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry. And what I mean, physical abuse is 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 one of those things that is difficult to see among children. Mm-hmm. Um unless it's something visible. Um, so you have to be careful. Uh, you you have to pay attention to children and their behaviors when they may be sitting at a desk and they can't hardly sit or they constantly getting up or they're moving around or something is hurting on them. There may be um, um, an issue with they can't uh, participate in certain activities because they are uh, being prevented because of the the bruise or the injury that they may have that they are having sought medical attention for, but they trying to go through the process of, mm-hmm. of trying to participate and not make it be as obvious. So it's one of those things, whereas um, you, if you're not careful, yeah. it can be overlooked. It can be. Kids would come to school every day and, and experience abuse, physical abuse at home. Um, so... Yeah, and, and- also, you know, when we talk about physical, don't always, we, we can't think always in terms of where marks or things like that. Physical abuse, uh, we've we've had children who have been chained up, you know, they didn't leave any, any actual scars, but it left a, 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 a mental scar, being locked in closets. Uh, that's physical abuse. Um, you know, not being fed, of course, that's neglect, and that's but that's still physical abuse. You you denying a kid proper nourishment, and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, there are different variations of physical abuse. You know, and so mm-hmm. that's why uh, it's so vitally important that we have these advocacies. Um, you know, and some are well intended, and there are some just looking for political gain as well too. And sometimes can make parents out to be monsters when the truth of the matter they're not uh, I remember one particular case with my oldest daughter uh, Cree uh, um, there was an iron I had finished ironing and the iron was still there she was still a 
the young uh, baby at three years old and she had a touch and the iron fell and hit her leg and left a burn mark. And so, of course, I had to rush her to the hospital. And I remember the doctors coming in and they looked at it, examined her and so on and so forth. And then they had some um, investigators to come pull me out of the room to investigate mm -hmm. what happened, uh, try to, to d determine whether or not I, if I had physically abused my child. And uh, mm -hmm. and, and it puts you know you know you know a little I space where you feeling like hey you being judged or whatnot, mm -hmm. uh, but it's a necessary uh, cause to ensure the safety of my child. And so in that moment, I didn't really fully understand because I I was angry. I was already upset. My daughter here, she is injured and burned uh, because that was an iron. You know, um, not intentional, but it happened. Mm -hmm. uh, however, they had to investigate. You know, uh, mm -hmm. to make sure. That there was no um, uh, physical abuse associated with it, you know, intentional physical abuse. So, those are things, you know, when you're talking about physical abuse, it's, it can, um, there are a lot of variables that go with it. Yeah. And not to mention the, um, you know, one of the, one of the um, aspects of physical abuse is sexual, um, you know, unwanted touching. That, that, that's, that's physical abuse. So, um, things like that you don't see with the eye you don't you can't tell that's going on so and a lot of times you got to pay attention to the signs when i have yes. a um, a first grader gyrating in the classroom mm -hmm. in the corner against the wall mm -hmm. um um masturbating at mm -hmm. first and second grade or kindergarten even i mean we have seen it all. Um, that's something that a, a, a child yeah. has been touched in some kind of form or have been um, exposed to some <laughs> unnecessary behavior. So yeah, that's part of uh, physical. It's a broad broad area. And it's sometimes it's, people may think it may be easy to see with the eye. It's not. Right. 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 So then what are the so the what are the psychological effects then that might be present? You know, if a, if a, if a child is being sexually abused or you know, if a child is being physically abused, um, you know, beatings and things like that or, you know, uh, a child is being chained or locked away, but again, you can't see the scars. What are some of the psychological um, but you see the action. anger, you see, the, you, you see that anger, you see that rage, you see that, um, uh, that, that, that unwanted behavior, um, that they may, for instance, if they are, um, no, I was saying some of the things that they manifest, mm -hmm. yeah. um, mm -hmm. not, not only do you, you see you know, some of the outward showing, but sometimes kids are crying out and they're yelling, but they're not physically yelling. They feel like they they telling, but we're not hearing it. Because they don't know how to communicate yeah, that. Exactly. You know, um, yeah. I, I, I recall a story about a young man, I don't remember his name, but he's in prison to this day. They did a documentary on him. He uh, murdered his mom, and his uh, his stepdad. Now mm -hmm. both of them have been physically abusing him for long periods mm -hmm. of time, from 
from five all the way up to he was a teenager. And his plan mm. got all that abuse and telling me he wasn't gonna mount to anything, wasn't gonna be anything. Um, I mean, I'm talking about day after day, um, would say things like, uh, if the police come, they give us a medal because you, you're not even worthy to be alive. You're not worthy to be here. You don't mm. have certain purpose. I mean, these are mental, verbal scars that are implanted in this young man's life. And he tried to get one of his friends to um, actually to commit the murder for him. And the friend bagged out. And in a fit of rage, he went and got, I think it was a bat, and he went in there while they were sleeping and beat them to death. Uh, and he's still serving time for the, the cause. But one of the things that stuck out most in that clip was he said, I was I felt like I was yelling and trying, uh, telling them, hey, I need mm -hmm. help, I need help. But really nothing was coming out, you know. And so there are a lot of red flags. And if you're not looking for it, uh, mm -hmm. you'll miss it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, in the position that I serve, I'm, I'm um, I'm obligated one of my responsibilities to maintain the safety and the welfare of the residents that we serve, but also the staff. And so that means having good sight and sound uh, yeah. uh, interactions with them. Not only being able to talk, but being able to hear what's going on and being able to observe uh, from a distance and even up close uh, to to see those warning signs and whatnot. So there, there are a lot of psychological uh, flags that we sometimes, if you're in the, in the, in the, if you're all the way in the forest, you'll miss it. And sometimes uh, some of these social workers and therapists that I've I've been in, um, across paths with, they've been so overwhelmed and in, inundated with so many kids uh, that have been moved from the home because of physical abuse, uh, because they have all this trauma, and so they're carrying a lot of weight. And so I may be dealing with, I got a caseload of 50 kids. I'm going to miss something. There's no way possible that you can do true due diligence to every child uh, that have gotten a lot of psychological scars uh, that have been uh, now forever in their spirit. Um, and so um, the, there are things that, you know, sometimes we, we miss. We're human. Uh, but there are red flags and kids have different ways of manifesting. Each kid is uniquely different. That's a lot of similarities, but there are a lot of differences. Uh, for instance, and I'll let Sophie kind of share with that. Um, you know, I've had kids who smear feces on the wall. Yeah. And in my mind, when I first started working in this field, I'm thinking this joke is sick. He just, you know, smearing feces. But when I started educating myself, found out this was a form of like a force field to ward off potential predators mm -hmm. a lot of kids who have been molested in the farm they would do certain things like wet or pee in certain corners and smear feces to ward off predators mm -hmm. uh, uh, their own feces and so you know when you pick up on signs like that smells things like that you maybe walk by a kid's room and um, you, you smell a oh you have to go and investigate and see what's going on because that'll be a clear sign that somebody may be touch or he may feel as if somebody's touching. I had a young man, um, he was abused with a hose pipe. Mercy. Uh, in our area where they shower at, we have a closet with a sink and everything. He has a hose pipe. But he refused to take a shower. 
And we were like, hey, you need to take a shower. We kept on pressing each and every day for weeks and up to months. He still refused to take a shower. Finally, he opened up and said that he was abused. He said that hose pipe we see there is triggering him. And he doesn't want to go in there because he felt like somebody would come in with that hose pipe and beat him to death. And so look things like that, you know, you have to really exercise a level, a great level of patience with kids uh, that experience a lot of emotional and physical uh, scars and uh, trauma and pay attention to those and um, listen to the kids. And what I mean by listen, not necessarily what's coming out of their mouths, but their, their, their uh, non-verbal body yeah. language. Got to pay attention to those things. Repeat that again. <laughs> yes. So I said with the, the mental and emotional scarring, you know, what are some of the, the effects of that form of abuse? You see. The physical, well, when you when you think about physical, mm -hmm. you're gonna um Put a uh, tag along the emotional behind it. I, I, I pretty much I, I can't see uh, a physical and the um, the verbal abuse 
not happening together. Like, so um, emotional, you, you're looking at the yelling, mm-hmm. the uh, cursing, and you probably didn't even ask this, the different <laughs> types of <laughs> emotional, the cursing, the yelling, um, mm-hmm. putting one down, uh, always, um, I, I just say it's the root of that tongue. Yeah. That cursing oh, of that tongue oh. that's constantly yeah. um tearing a, a child down or tearing an adolescent down. Um <laughs> so they start feeling um like you said, rejected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, dog wanna get online. <laughs> He's trying to <laughs> uh, once again oh, feeling rejected, um, that anger. He wants to get into the picture. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's feeling rejected. <laughs> He's feeling Isolate. <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm sorry. I lost my train of thought. Jesus. So I uh I, I had a student once and, and he was very talented. Like um he could be a, a fashion designer. Uh and he just had this ability to just design suits and dresses, like just concept from his mind. Mm-hmm. And, and you would thought he had formal training in it, but he didn't, you know. And so um, it was clear to me that he had um, some some things going on at home. But you know, I'd asked him about his his ability, this this gift he had you know what he planned to do with it and um you know basically he was like nothing you know because you know he told he's he basically told me that his mom told him that um yeah he, that only gay men are fashion designers mm. you do if that's what you want to do then you must be then you must be gay this is what a mother said to a son that's that's abuse. That's that's mental abuse. And so now something that he's gifted to do, he can't do because his mother has sown a seed in him. One that says, no, you can't. But if you do, then this must be what you are, which it wasn't. You know? And it, it was it was just it blew it blew me away. But, you know, that's just an example of mental abuse, you know, right in the face. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things, you know, we, we, the Bible says that life and death, life and the power of the tongue. Mm -hmm. We have to be so careful with our words, uh, even with our children. Yeah. Because if the words that we, especially when they're young and even when they're old, don't get it, you know, twisted. Uh, mm-hmm. Words do matter. You know, they're old saying sticks and stone may break my bone, but words will never hurt me. That's a lie. Yeah. Words do hurt. Words matter. And the thing, the, the words that we plant into our children, they will take root. And it mm-hmm. causes them to become um, um, replacements of who you are. Mm-hmm. Because see, hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. 
people who have not dealt with um, pain mm -hmm. properly mm -hmm. and in a timely fashion mm -hmm. begin to impose or infuse that same pain mm -hmm. on others that are around them. And so mm -hmm. because we're talking about parenting and, and children, mm -hmm. uh, uh, the words that we put out there uh, with our children, the things that we, we speak into their ear, invest into their heart, we have to be very careful because when we tell them that they can't, then what are we telling them they can do? You know, if you're going to give them a can't, you need to give them a, a can. And so mm -hmm. some things, you know, we, we have to allow them the opportunity yeah. to experience failure. Mm -hmm. So if I say I like baseball, give me an opportunity to go and play baseball. Then I may find out that I don't like baseball. Uh, I remember uh, brother Rodney, um, my dad uh, didn't go out and play football. So he mm -hmm. wasn't big as a bean pole. <laughs> Bought him brand new cleats and everything. You may get mad because I shared the story, but I never forget. Uh, first day of Pratt, he got popped, hit, and he didn't go back out there no more. He was done. He was done. <laughs> but what if my dad told him, you can't play football, that ain't for you. Right. You know, now he might be right in what he's saying, <laughs> but you didn't give him the opportunity to experience it, to be, to be able to determine for himself. I don't like this. I don't like pain. <laughs> So let me focus on basketball, something I do like, and I found players and he went on to, you know, become better in it. So we have to be very careful of the words that we impregnate our kids with mm -hmm. uh, because those words will come back to roost mm -hmm. and manifest as something that may be ugly. Mm -hmm. But we put the right words in them, yeah. put them in the right position to be successful. Mm -hmm. And success also comes from failure. You know, but uh, not failing to get back up and try it again. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, then you learn how to move forward. Um, we was coming home at night from um, um, my son's uh, basketball game tonight. Me and he was riding. He asked me, he said, um, "What, what, um, what, what can I do better? Or did I mess up?" Mm -hmm. And I had to tell him. I said, "Listen, first of all." It ain't about what you did wrong. It's about areas where you can improve. And so when I said that, he said, so what areas can I improve in? I said, let's look at examine. I said, you already stated that you need to learn how to work on your layups. Mm -hmm. Finishing is the exact word. I said, you got to work on your finish. I said, but also, if I can just share, if you open the feedback, the other thing is leadership. I see your team lacking leadership. So I'm not saying that you got to be the leader. But I say it has to come from somebody. There has to be a coach on the court, not just on the sideline. I say until you all come together and be able to identify and light a fire up on one another, you all will always continue to play as you've been playing. You know, and so we, we have to give those words of affirmation and confirmation to our kids to like, you know, get them in a place where they can believe within themselves. But if we, we paralyze them when we put the wrong words into their life and tell them that they can't do something right. or they don't have the gift. Who are we? We don't know that. Yeah. You know? no, and so yeah. as parents, we really have to be cautious in that area. Yeah, amen. Yeah. At the opposite <laughs> extreme of that, of our words and sowing <clears throat> the wrong words into our children, yeah. let's yeah. talk about isolation as a form of it. 
abuse because some parents don't think it's anything wrong with cutting themselves off from their children like just completely unavailable right that's mm -hmm. come on that's a form of abuse absolutely absolutely well <clears throat> there again it it boils down to parenting mm -hmm. and getting back uh to the place of interaction we struggle with that we do you know i say and be lying and kid myself because we struggle with it i mean he's in the room right now you know um and because we get so inundated with daily routine yeah. daily work and just busy busy bodies but we don't take the time to come together and reflect as a family uh one thing i can say that came good out of the pandemic when we were locked down and shut down you know mm -hmm. as, as a, uh, an essential worker this is myself um you can go anywhere so you had to come together as a family and talk yeah. and come out of that place of isolation or you will go foolish you know just sitting in isolation so when we, when we talk about allowing kids just to be isolated that is a form of neglect you know, uh, where again, we have to be intentional, intentional, intentional about how we um, come together to to really reinforce those family dynamics. Uh, all of us are busy, you know, but we have to make that time and be intentional about it, you know, uh, pulling kids out. But there are some kids that place in isolation intentionally because parents don't want to deal with them. And then they... Um, if they present a problem or they got this mental health thing going on, they really isolate because they don't have the time. They feel like they don't have the time or the energy or whatnot. And so we really, you know, have to be be aware of that and figure out how to uh, to pull our children out and be able to handle it in an appropriate way. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Yeah, and and there's another one that I think is a uh, a day to day one, <clears throat> and it, it it is it is a form of abuse because <laughs> it's damaging. All right, and I'm gonna just put this out here, but it is um, overexposure, right? Like we're not when 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 parents aren't being good filters for their children or. They don't filter the environment. They filter, you know, the um, it, it, it's corrupting, corrupting and overexposure. And I feel like it's, I agree that, you know, we are who we are and, you know, we can make choices to, you know, raise our children how we want to. However, the same way you mentioned earlier that every word we speak is a seed, every word is a seed. Whether you said it or whether you exposed me to the content uh -huh. that said it or showed it or seeded it within me, you know what I mean? And it's just another layer of responsibility um, to our children that we have that I think is so, we it, it's, it's a, an, an easy one to neglect. It's an easy one to, you know, not give attention to or caution, you know, toward just corrupting and overexposure as forms of mental, 
abuse. I mean, am I going too far off <laughs> with that line of thought? Like, what is our, what is our, give us some lanes or lines of responsibility as parents to the mental well-being of our children, just in the day-to-day, as it relates to corrupt, corrupting yeah. and exposing. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I understand what you, where you're going with this, and um, on the day-to-day, we expose our kids to a whole lot of things that they shouldn't even have um, access to. Um, that can be a discussion or a fight that they may see among a teacher, <laughs> a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend. These are just, uh, or even somebody in the street, in the community that you're just talking reckless to and your child is being exposed to that. So there are some things that kids see that overexposure of um the physical abuse that may be in the household, the verbal abuse that may be in the household or outside the household, that um, the social media, the overexposure of things that they see, um, the pornography. You wouldn't believe how many kids access porn while they at school in the classroom. Mm -mm -mm. Overexposure. Yeah. Yeah. And you wonder why. Why what? little such and such and such and such doing this and doing that? Right, right. They're saying this. Right. They're saying this. They, they, a lot of, in, in that overexposure, <clears throat> we run the risk of young people as early as kindergarten, even earlier than that, who have lost their innocence early. Yeah. yeah. Lost their innocence because they've been exposed to something that from a chronological standpoint, mm-hmm. uh, from an age standpoint, I'm not mature enough to be able to comprehend, let alone handle. Yeah. Um, um, you know, and, and and I use this analogy. Um, you know, we put sunblock on when we get to go to the beach. Mm-hmm. We don't want our skin to be overexposed where now we're blistered up and got sunburned. Yeah. That's what happens time and time again with our kids. Mm-hmm. They're being exposed to profanity, excessive profanity, mm-hmm. uh, overeating, <laughs> obesity, mm-hmm. you know, how to go to refrigerated wheel. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, maybe up. Uh, you know, um, and I'm not knocking anybody, speaking anything about the people mm-hmm. don't have multiple uncles coming inside the home. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, or dad may have a bunch of side pieces and you got Luke Junior riding with you in the car. You know, you think he's young and think he don't remember, but they remember. You know, they pick up on things. So, uh, or you got uh, weed, medicinal weed habits that you look, look, oh, I know that smell. Be two years old, know the smell. Could he been exposed to it early? You know, and so these are just some of the few things that we're just talking about right now that that our young people who are being exposed to, yeah. and it's it's causing a long term of damage yeah. Yeah. that causes setbacks, which are setups, which cause the kids to be placed in foster care or 
juvenile uh, prisons to now once they become an adult, they, they already have a number assigned to their name when they go to the prison. You know, so we got all that being prevalent. You know, it is a perfect storm for a disaster for young people because of the things they've been exposed to too early on. You know, and so we, we have to be very, very careful. But it's the society which we in, which is almost normalized. Um, I remember a day, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of my age and thing, but happy days. Fonzarelli, back when that show first aired, they wouldn't allow him to wear a leather coat. He had to mm. wear a sweater. Mm. But the sweater didn't make him look tough. Mm. And the reason why they wanted him to wear a sweater versus a leather coat because the threat of we don't want to put this material on TV because it exposes people to the threat of being tough looking. Mm. But eventually after that, that show began to have some success, they mm -hmm. finally laid down and allowed him to start wearing a leather coat. Now everybody started wearing a leather coat with a t-shirt. <coughs> Even back then to this damn point where you can be watching CNN, they cursing. Mm. They these words, hell, you know, they, they saying these words on TV, on your local channel, local news. Mm -hmm. And there's no shame, there's no filter anymore. You know, and so um, these are things that you can try to put all the parental controls on TVs, on the computers, but kids are still being exposed to it, just watching regular news. So that's just the, the tip of the iceberg. So, um, you know, we, we really have to do um, a real look in the mirror mm -hmm. when we at society-wise. But, you know, I want to encourage parents who are trying to do the right thing and trying to really kids in the most healthiest environment is possible um remind them who they are you know remind yourself who you are you know understand your name what it means find value your life has value and so going back to plant those 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 seeds of uh uh words that do matter we have to reaffirm our kids where they are. Yeah, you're going to be exposed to these things. Um, but yet, yeah, there's still a better way. Yeah. You know, and the Bible makes it very clear. In the last days, perilous times will come. Yeah. They're not coming. They're already here. Mm -hmm. You know, so what are we going to do in regards to our own family? You know, but Joshua said like this, for as me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And that means that we, yeah, we ain't gonna be perfect, but we all gonna make mistakes along the way. But I'm doing the best that I can with what I have to make sure and ensure that my family has the most healthy uh, environment as possible. Don't get so comfortable that you function in dysfunction. Yeah. My family is dysfunctional, but we function to come out of it. Yeah, it makes sense, you know, and so. We, we, we have to uh, be always be mindful of that, that, you know, transformation doesn't come overnight. Yeah. It got to start up here mentally first. You know, and those things will come about. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah. That was really good. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah. so, we, <laughs> uh, so we looked at the, um, physical abuse. Um, we went from there. And ident identifying some of the psychological damage that comes along with physical abuse. And then we're looking at some of that mental and emotional trauma. All right. 
there are two categories of people under the sun, right? There are those who are in Christ and there are those who are not in Christ, right? And to not be in Christ is to still be uh, under the influence of the kingdom of darkness. So now we want to talk about just the impact of that alone. The impact, what has, what is the impact of being in Christ? Because I can be in Christ and still go through some stuff as a child, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and I think a lot of times people try to step over all of that, that because we're saved that you don't experience trauma that you ain't never been abused that you ain't mm-hmm. gonna go through nothing you know mm-hmm. and it's not that it's not that uh these things don't happen or have not happened to people who are in Christ. so we can stand in that truth of the matter um because that rain comes down on the just and the just the righteous and the unrighteous but what i do want to talk about um, and our last talking point is what is the impact being in Christ on those who have emotional, um, mental, and physical trauma that they're working through versus those who are not in, in Christ and they have uh, that same baggage, you know, those same issues, and those same problems, same self, same challenges. I'll say, what is, what is, what, what, what's the impact um, from a spiritual standpoint of being in Christ with it all versus not being in Christ with it all? Is there an advantage here? Go hmm. ahead, baby. You got it. Really? Is there an advantage? <laughs> I'm gonna let you weigh in on that first. <laughs> I want to hear your perspective. Yeah. Say. Well, I had this incident that happened um, with some kids, and there's a um, person that I work with who I will say is spiritual, um, and sometimes. <clears throat> They feel like them kids don't need nothing but for you to take them to the altar. This <laughs> and this is what this person said to me. And I said, So you don't think therapy or counseling will help? Well, nope. Mm-mm. You need to give them an invitation to church mm-hmm. and take them to the altar. And let the deacons and the pastor pray for them. And I'm like, I think my prayer is just as good as the deacons and the pastor. But at the end of the day, the kids need to have some kind of outlet or some kind of resource mm-hmm. where they can still you know, communicate and talk. And I don't care um, <laughs> how much God you have in you. Mm-hmm. There are some earthly things you just have to implement into your life. Period. Mm-hmm. They, um, they. I don't want to say that. So let me let this go. 
<laughs> I like it though. No, because you're talking about the practical. You're saying that God is spiritual, but God is He He has to have a practical aspect because He made us as human beings. Exactly. Beings. Exactly. Right? So we can't skip over the things that are there that are available. As if they don't exist, mm-hmm. we have to start somewhere. And even if it, it, I don't think there's no order as to how it's supposed to go. Come on. Um, but it's there, <laughs> and the the service is there. So I can't uh, force a kid to go to church, or I can't force anyone to be in the church or become spiritual or or, or read the Bible or learn about God. I, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, ethical, I can't. That That's an ethic issue. Come on. Um, however, the spirit I have in me would communicate that to a child where I can have a child come to me and ask me, where's your church at, Mrs. Rogers? Where do you go to church at? Now, I can have my music playing and it'd be gospel music that'd be playing. And I just sometimes just allow them to just let it manifest in the room when they come in. And if they have an issue with it, I will ask, are you okay with the music? And they'd be like, yeah. And then I will have some coming when the music changes and they can recognize the song and they start humming it and singing it. We're going to a whole different level now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> and that's how the spirit just works. Yeah. So. I can be playing some things and they could just start singing a song. And I'd be like, mm-hmm. look at there. And we didn't forget about all the issues of what we came in here for to discuss. We didn't forget about you turning the desk upside down and all of that. Cause now I know that you're interested in something else right now. That's higher than me. So let's yeah. work on this part. And, and that's how I have to go with it. Amen. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. You know, I, um, in, in conjunction with, with Soap and Sharon, um, you know, we the Bible said be wise as ser- uh, serpents, but gentle as doves. Mm-hmm. Um, um, when it comes to the spiritual and the natural things, Jesus walked this earth, and the Bible said he got tired, so tired he went down to the bottom of a ship and went to sleep. Amen. So his humanistic did not void his spiritual part of who he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He still was God yeah. in flesh. Yes. Flesh is subject to the rules and the laws of nature. Amen. This body is always dying. This yeah. body is aging. It get gray hairs. It go bald. It gets wrinkles. It goes through the natural states that are subject to the laws of the earth mm-hmm. in this realm. Now there's a spiritual realm that God begins to minister to us. Going back to when we initially kicked off, talking about being the triune being, made in the image and the likeness of God. I'm spirit, body, and soul. I'm spirit, body, and soul. My spirit man is what goes back to God. My soul is where my intellect, my reason, my wisdom comes from. My body is what manifests what's going on in my spirit, and my soul. Mm-hmm. So they collide together. And that's why we have to bring our mind into subjection to the things of God. 
but the natural man can't understand those things. And right. so getting back to talking about our youth, you know, and it's interesting that we even on this subject whatnot, and I was meditating about Ephesians 6. Mm -hmm. Paul is, who's an apostle of Christ, he's locked in a Roman prison jail, but yeah, he's watching these Roman prisons and what they're what they are in. He begins to write this letter to the Ephesian church. But in the sixth chapter, he opens up, and I'm going to read it verbatim. I'm reading from the contemporary English version. It says, children, mm -hmm. you belong to the Lord. And so when we talk about our children, we have to remind them that they belong to the Lord. Yes. He opens up the sixth chapter with that. He says, and you do the right thing when you obey your parents. Mm -hmm. you know, so we have to instill those words of confirmation to our kids and speak declaration over their life. You do the right thing when you obey your parents. Then he goes on. This Paul now in prison writing. And he says the first commandment with a promise says obey your father and your mother. And you will have a long and happy life. Mm -hmm. Not saying you're going to have no issues. Not saying you're going to be um, you're going to be so just honey, peaches and cream. You're going to still have some issues with that. But you're going to have a long life. And it'll be happy life. Mm -hmm. Paul goes on to say, and he begins to admonish the parents. He said, parents, don't be hard on your children. Amen. Raise them properly. Yes. That's a proper way to discipline your child. You don't have to go and cross those lines of abuse, physical or verbal. You know, uh, uh, you ain't got to cuss your kids out. Some people cuss them out. Hit them with shoes. Whip them with uh, extension cords, you know, all kind of craziness, you know. Uh, I brought you in this world, I'll take you out, you know. We say these things to our kids. Uh, but he says, parents, don't be hard on your children. Raise them properly. That's a proper way to do it. Any and everything. Teach them and instruct them about the Lord. And so when we do those things, we teach, we instruct, we train, we drill. We speak life over them and let them know, hey, you are above and not beneath. Yes. You are a lender, not a borrower. Yes. You are a chosen royal priesthood. Yes. You are the apple of God's eye. We have to speak those things, especially when we are spiritual. Now, you ask the question, what is the difference between those who are in Christ and those that are not Christ? Well, I can't talk about those. I used to not be in Christ. But I want to tell you what I've experienced as I've been in Christ. And that even in my shortcomings, my flaws and all, God still loves me and he reminds me that I am his. And that's what we have to communicate to our kids and let them know that they belong to the Lord. Jesus says, suffer the little kids to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. Yeah. You got a place in the kingdom. Yes. That's why we can't ward our kids all. We can't shoo them all. We can't send them in isolation in a room. We got to speak life to them. You know, and so first of all, life has to begin with parents because parents used to be kids. And we got some adult kids. Paul said, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I acted like a child. But when I became an adult, I put away childish things. We can't put away childish things. Uh, of faith, but we got some grown folks who still doing childish stuff. Mm. You see what I'm saying? But I'm, I'm gonna close with this. Yeah. All the same chapter talking about family now. Now he goes on talking about bonds, but he's talking about family. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you get down to the sixth verse, he started talking about spiritual warfare. Um, How are you supposed to prepare yourself? Hallelujah. And that's part of training your kids up in the full admonition of God. Put on the no. whole arm of God. Yeah. Because the evil one's coming. Mm. You're going to have some evil days. You're going to have some people going to speak foolishness to you. They're going to speak lies over you. They're going to say you can't be this, you can't be that, but take up a whole arm of God and stand and have done all to stand. Keep right on standing, shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, taking on the belt of truth and righteousness, you know, the shield of faith that you may be able to ward off when kids try to bully you. you know? And so we have to be careful. Paul put all that in one chapter let it know what the family dynamic should be about. Know how to handle your kids properly. Kids know how to handle your parents properly. But ultimately, give God the glory and let him be the head of your life. And know that I've given you everything that you need spiritually to deal with the spirit of darkness. Because it's a real reality. People are doing real harmful things as it relates to kids, spouses, so on and so forth. And don't get it twisted. Yeah. A lot of damage has been done in churches. Yeah. You got some deacon, yeah. you know, they'll touch people. Yeah. I ain't gonna speak about no different denomination, but y'all aware where kids, young boys have been abused, molested in church. Some of our greatest gospel singers have been abused in church by those who love them or so-called love them and handle them wrong. You know, I preached a sermon this past Sunday where the, the Levite man threw his concubine to the wolves, to the men who were looking to do damage to him sexually. But he turned his concubine over to them and they abused her all night long. Sometimes we are doing the same thing to our kids, allowing them to be tossed over to men, to be mishandled, mistreated, and misrepresented. God wants us to stand firm on his word and be the best parent we can be for our children, yeah. you know, and be that example of a role model. Not a role model of perfection because none of us are perfect. We make mistakes daily, but walk in a level of transparency that, hey, you too can come out of this. You ain't got to stay in there, but yeah. there is a way and God still loves you no matter what. All right? So yeah. I'm asking you to feel I say this last thing and I'm I'm really done. We cannot recover from pain that we don't know is running in us. Good God Almighty. We can never recover from pain that's that good. we don't know that's running in us. Yeah. Some of us got some alcoholism in our family bloodline. Yeah. Some of us got some adulterous affairs in our bloodline. Some of us got some drug habits in our bloodline. Some of us got some lying spirits in our bloodline. You know, so we have to be able to identify with those. It don't make you a bad person, but you need, need to know it exists. And so when you know it exists, you know how to handle it. Yeah, yeah. You got some folks that like to fight, like to cuss. Mm -hmm. It's in the bloodline, the DNA. Mm -hmm. If we're gonna talk about being triune of God, body, soul, and spirit, we also got to be able to identify what our bloodline is. It doesn't make you or define who you are, but it gives you an awareness to know what you're subject to do. And we'll be kidding ourselves saying that, hey, I can't sleep with slip 
to this. Mm -hmm. The only reason I can't slip in because God has opened up my eyes to it. Now I recognize and what I need to do when I'm uh, tempted by it, yeah. when it's, it confronts me. How do I have? I got to put back on that whole arm of God. All right, I'm done, folks. Put it on. No better way. I tell you. I'm telling no you. God is so good because that's it. He said, listen, good God almighty. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord just said, listen, without nothing was made that was made. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and so the pastor led in and said, little children, you belong to the Lord. We're all the Lord's little children. We all belong to him. I don't care if you're in or out. Y'all yeah. <laughs> yeah. all belong to me. God says we are all his children. And he has given us this armor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This amazing yeah. armor. So that regardless of our the abuses that we have experienced, regardless of the neglects that we have just experienced, regardless of the trauma that we have experienced, he has given us this armor so that we can take our stand in this evil day. Hallelujah. No better way to bring this thing to a close. Y'all, this has been a wonderful three weeks talking about healing and deliverance for our youth. I thank uh, my big brother, Pastor Robert Rogers, for joining us for these three days, and his wife, Mrs. Sophie Rogers, for sharing. They labor. They labor for young people every day. This is their work. This is what they do. And so we pray that for y'all strength, Yes. That you will just continue on as a sharp sword doing battle, not only in the natural, but in the spiritual as well. Hallelujah. May God just continue to bless you guys, even as you set atmosphere. Hallelujah. As Sophie said, she reminded us that I'm not trying to get to a church. I am a church. And I can mm -hmm. establish a space of worship right here in my right here. You know, That's right. That's right. Somebody. This is who we are. We are yes. epistles. This word, this living word is in <laughs> us. Come, no better way to bring things to a close tonight than to remind us, hallelujah, of who we all are in Jesus Christ our Lord. So I thank you guys tonight for sharing with us over these last weeks. I'm going to invite them back one more week. And we're talking about, <laughs> we're we're going to be talking about healing for the unfathered. All right. Mm -hmm. Unfathered. There is an unfathered generation. Yes. I'm not one. We're talking about generations uh -huh. of yeah. unfathered children who are now adults. <laughs> Hmm. And I think Pastor hit the nail on the on the head when he said that you can't deal with a pain you don't even know exists. That don't know what's running in you. And because we've become so complacent to live yeah. with our fathers, we don't even we haven't even began to really discern the damage mm -hmm. and the, the the broken spaces and the lack of wholeness that mm -hmm. God wants us to have. Yeah. 
he wants us that so we're going to talk about this one more, one more round. It's been good. And, and hey, hallelujah, sharing a discussion on healing for the unfather next week, if the Lord is willing, um, and, and everything works out in terms of timing for, for them. Um, I invite them back. This has been a blessed time. We're going to close these three sessions out and seal them in prayer. I'm going to ask Pastor Rogers to just go on ahead and pray. Hallelujah. Um, just hope our young people, what a what a mighty God we serve. Yes, I'm, yeah. I'm grateful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm gonna let Pastor Rogers pray and take us on out of here tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank God. Amen. Father God, we, we come humbly before you now and we thank you for being our excellent God. Our, our I am. And because you are, I am, that means you can be anything that we need, present, uh, now, and forever. We acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge your guidance. We acknowledge your, your spirit. Uh, you are the living God, and we can do nothing of ourselves. But through you, we are able to do all things, Father God. So even now, in this night, in this space, we come to you boldly before your throne that we may obtain mercy in our time of need. We know that our young people need you, yes. our parents need you, yes. uh, our, our teachers need you, yes. our therapists and social workers need you, Lord yes. God. Our nation needs you, Lord God. There is a still pandemic going on, Lord God, where children have been abused, they've been neglected, Lord God, and, and, and just been left for dead, Father God. God, we know that you are the author and the finish of our faith. So I pray now for that young person that may be struggling in their faith, Lord God, faith in their parents, faith in their teachers, faith even in themselves, Father God. Restore even now, Father God. Oh God, your word declares, Lord God, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek your face, that you will not only hear from heaven, but you'll begin to forgive us of our sins and you'll begin to heal the land, Father God. Forgive us tonight for times that we we went and allowed red flags to be unwarranted, Lord God, or unnoticed, Father God. Forgive us for the times that we have may have spoken uh, uh, ill-advised over our own children, Lord yes. God. And Father God, forgive us, Lord God, that we may have placed our own kids in isolation, Lord God. We may be talking to them, but they are inwardly shutting down, Father yes. God. Forgive us, Father God. God, we know uh, not what we do, but I thank you that you took it to the cross even now, Father God. So even now, Father God, wrap your arms around those that may be suffering. They may be uh, 50 years old, Father God, but still a child in spirit, Father God, and struggling with things that happened to them in their early on lives, Lord God. Restore right now, Father God. Reconcile, Lord God. Allow the power of forgiveness to take forth in the, and take root in their life, Father God. We come against those things that have been spoken negatively, Lord God, over young as well as old, Father God. We understand that hurting people hurt one another, Father God. And so even now, Father God, heal the hurt. Yes. For you were wounded for our sins, Lord God. Oh God, the chastisement of our peace was upon you, Father God. 
And we thank you right now that there is a bomb in Gilead. There's a bomb in this nation, Father God, and all around the world, Father God, that you are healing, Father God. Send forth your healing power even now, Father God. Restore families even now, Father God. In the mighty name of Jesus, we plead the blood of Christ. We claim victory over this kingdom of darkness right now, Father God. And we let our children know the Lord God that they are the head and not the tail that they are above and not beneath, Father yes. God, that they are lenders and not borrowers, Lord God, that they are the apple of your eye, Father God. Mm -hmm. Your word teaches us, Lord God, that you love us, that while we were yet sinners, while we were still stuck in our stuff, Father God, you demonstrated your love towards us when you died for us, Father God. Thank you for the death, but thank you for the power of the resurrection, Lord mm -hmm. God. I speak resurrection over yes, families even now, Father God. God. I speak resurrection between fathers yes. and daughters, yes. fathers yes. and sons, Father God, mothers and children, yes. Father God. Even now, in the name of Jesus, oh God, every ill word that's been spoken, we break it right mm -hmm. now by the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even now, Father God. We call those things that be not as though they already are, and we we call for alignment even now, Father God, in the name of Jesus. The word declares that when father and mother forsake us, yes. that you will take us up, Father God. Take these children up. Take adults that still act like children up, Father God. Let them know that you love them, Father God, even now, in the name of Jesus. There may be somebody watching even now that may be getting ready to go through an overdose. Feel like they don't have value in their life, Father God. Let them know right now, Father God, in the still small voice that they have value, there's still purpose concerning life, Father God, and you have a work to do within the Lord God. Let them connect with those, the Lord God, that know you in the power of your resurrection, Lord God. Let them connect even now, Father God, with those that are natural, whether it be therapists or teachers, Lord God, to let them know, Father God, that they're not in it by themselves, but there are a village around them ready to help them through their circumstance, Father God. We give your name glory tonight, Father God, and we thank you, oh God, for the power of prayer. We know that you hear prayer, and you not only hear, but you answer, Father God. So thank you right now, Father God. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that you have in store for your people and your children. Oh God, have your way right now. It is in Jesus' name that I pray and ask it all. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is Abide Forever. My name is Dr. Ebony Robinson. I praise God for the co-hosts tonight, Pastor Rogers, Mrs. Sophie Rogers. God bless you all. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for your comments and for sharing. Until next time, continue to abide and you guys be blessed. Amen. God bless you.